This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 28. And in this episode, I speak with Jenny Reed and Sam Shepard from The Pack. That's Jenny Reed and Samantha Shepard from The Pack. The Pack is a female-led collective of theater artists and designers in New York City dedicated to making work that is daring, investigative, playful, and socially relevant. Uh, they commission new plays through innovative and highly collaborative development processes. We talked about the pack. We talked about their past project, False Stars, and their new project they're working on called, right now at least, working title is Sex Play. Uh, we talked about theater in New York City and abroad and just art in general and had a really good time chatting with them and meeting with them. And I think you will enjoy this conversation too. So without further ado, this is Jenny Reed and Samantha Shepard from The Pack. Let's have a conversation. I liked it a lot, but yeah. I love the first like two-thirds of it, and the last third was really disturbing. Sure, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely disturbing. <laughs> Not right. in a, yeah. So we are rolling now. Um, we're talking about The Square a little bit, which I haven't seen at all. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think I would recommend it. I'm, I would recommend it. What's that? Like, I don't, that one I'm drawing a blank on 100%. Like, I remember the name, but I don't remember anything more than. It's, I think it was, I think it was maybe like the second or third, like, feature from this director. And I'm blanking on which country he's from. Like, German, like, it's, some, it's not German, but it's somewhere. Like, like Austria or something. Somewhere like, like over in that area. But basically, it's really. I think it's like a deep study into the idea of like asking for help and then like the an intersection of sort of like the art world. Yeah, it's a pretty <clears throat> like sardonic representation yeah. of the art world, but in a way that feels really satisfying yeah. if you are part of some sort of art world because yeah. you really recognize what's on the screen. Like, oh, I know that person, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's well done and disturbing Mm -hmm. it's super disturbing (laughs) the actor that plays that monkey character was like that part for me was like spoiler everything (laughs) (laughs) nothing well not kind of but there's a performance artist like in the pieces i was wondering if like that was like actually his gig or something like because it was he was so good at it i was like maybe this is like what he just does in his like there's a lot of like line blurring between like um what was real and what's not real or like you kind of like believe something and then it's like one of those movies where you're like um on someone's side and then something happens all of a sudden you're like judge yourself like <laughs> for like why I agreed with that person and then um as the movie goes along you're like or challenge like it's like something new, new information comes into play and then all of a sudden you kind of were like oh shit <laughs> right or like yeah. the the kind of concept of empathizing with a character who yeah. then is revealed to not always be on their best behavior yeah. or which, do something that is really challenging which for I the love viewer. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's my favorite stuff always because mm-hmm. none of us are always on our best behavior. Right. You know, to... No, no one's perfect. To it, yeah. I feel like it was handled in a really, like, human way where yeah. you're kind of like, this is believable. Like, it's like, yeah, people would totally do that. Like, it didn't feel kind of like, um, like a stretch. Yeah. So I feel like that's why it was, like, powerful. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. 
so the art world, um, and you two are both in the art world, um, your company, <laughs> The Pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves and introduce, I guess, like the basic story of that, of The Pack. Sure. So my name is Jenny Reed, and I am one of the co-artistic directors of The Pack. I also direct all of the shows with The Pack. My name is Sam Shepard, and for that reason, I often write it out as Samantha (laughs) Shepard. I am the other artistic director of the pack, and my role on our projects changes. Um, Sometimes I am a dramaturg, which I am on our current project. Sometimes I'm a movement director or sort of like a producing artistic director. So my role is very fluid with the company. Mm -hmm. And I think like... In terms of talking about the company, it's interesting is you're kind of, maybe this is like as useful um, is catching sort of a company like in the midst of defining itself, Mm -hmm. which I feel very much of like what we're doing right now. Um, We've been forced to just through all of the grant applications we've written Mm -hmm. (laughs) in our life as a company. But yeah, we are, as Jenny said, very much uh, still figuring out how to articulate our vision, mm-hmm. who we are, what we do, what our work looks like. We can try though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think our process is like a good place to start because that feels something that's much more like fleshed out at this point. So when mm-hmm. did when did it start? Yeah. So like we were speaking a little bit before um, about like three years ago, um, we were really working from like a more like devised theater space. Um, and we were gonna go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival with a show, and we felt like we needed to have a name for the company, and that's like, in like a really like, uh, like rudimentary way, like how the, the name came into being, um, but I feel like from there, from that trip, from that experience, um, because if you're familiar with Edinburgh Fringe Festival, it's kind of like a boot camp for like producing slash like making work, um, like marketing work, and like especially if like you're a company and you're kind of doing it all on your own. Um, I think for Sam and I as like the artistic directors, like we kind of like we're pushed and forced into kind of like really like reflecting and looking at ourselves in a deep way. Um, so I think we came back from that experience with like a new sense of direction and sort of like what we were actually really interested in individually and collectively. Um, but something that I think that we were still interested in is sort of the generative process in terms of like creating work and collaborative kind of um, means of like generating work. Um, and we were not as interested though in us being like the people who are writing the thing. So in the way that devised theaters tend to work where there's not really a playwright in the room. A lot of times it's like, you know, the comp- depending on the formation of the company, I think sometimes it's like all actors, sometimes it's like a mix of actors and designers and dramaturgs. Um, and then they kind of either through sourced text or through like writing or improv, like create the text, um, which is, I think a really uh, like challenging and probably fulfilling way to work. I think we just decided that we really love language and we were like, we're not the best at that. I think playwrights are really good at that. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we still have a lot of admiration for the devising process and mm-hmm. we certainly still use a lot of tools to make yeah. work from that process. Uh, but it actually took the experience of making that piece that we brought to Edinburgh with Rachel Berger, actually, yeah. uh, of the Artist Co-op. 
um, for us to reflect and say, you know what, this is not the most creatively satisfying process for us Mm -hmm. because we hold language to such a high standard and really find it moving when it's effective. Um, So being able to translate through a playwright's brain and skills has become the preferred mode of Mm -hmm. working. And just to kind of jump back for a second, we actually met in college Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. So we first started collaborating and making work together, you know, oh God, eight, 10 years ago. What school Um, was that? University of San Francisco. It was a performing arts and social justice program. Nice. And actually still pretty new by the time we arrived. We were Mm -hmm. both transfer students. So we came in and kind of hit the ground running. And yeah, uh, I think it's been around for six years, which for like a department is pretty new. Yeah, mm. very young. And it was the only major of that kind at that time in the United States. Yeah, with that degree, it's a performing arts uh-huh. and social justice is the degree. Um, we both had an emphasis in theater and we actually just kind of lucked out. We were placed together as roommates. Mm-hmm. We ended up taking most of the same classes together and we got along really well, thankfully, (laughs) Um, because it's a a super small department also. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were spending a lot of time together, um, kind of had all of this time to share sort of like artistic wish lists and we were being exposed to the same kinds of uh, artists and sort of like lineages and movements and talking about those and figuring out how they were influencing or not influencing our work or how we were like reacting against them. Um, and so we started making work together in college and then we both sort of after graduation ended up in separate places for a few years and eventually both made our way to New York City. So we were for a few years in New York still collaborating, um, just the two of us and with other friends and theater makers, uh, and also doing our own work. And then, yeah, for that project that we brought to the festival, we suddenly said, okay, I guess we're forming a company, um, And as Jenny said, it was only really after we got back to New York that we spent the time to really dig into what that meant and Mm -hmm. how that could be sustainable and like what project we were taking on. Yeah, I also feel like, and this is something I'm always interested in talking about in terms of like, it was a huge failure. I feel like that show is like a huge failure in this like really big way. The one that you took to the festival? Yeah, we hated it. Yeah, for our our own standards, we we were like changing it every day, including after we opened. Also because we did not have a playwright attached to it. So there was such pressure to like, especially, so Jenny was directing and then the other three of us involved most directly in the project were performing. Um, so we would like revise the script a few hours before we went on stage and then be tasked with performing it when we didn't quite believe in it. Like it Mm -hmm. it wasn't fully there yet. And then we had to spend the rest of our time promoting the show and like pitching it to people because that is such a huge part of that festival. So we were going out and talking to people and having these sometimes really lovely conversations about kind of the content and the like driving themes of the show, which we did believe in. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, we were like really disappointed in, <laughs> in the fact that it wasn't really finished. And that yeah. was partially just us as rookies taking a show that wasn't finished mm-hmm. to this, like the most massive, uh, most you, visible festival. And had you done anything like that before? Not at no. that scale, like not no. a full length piece at that scale that yeah. we were the only ones involved and invested in like that yeah and I feel like that festival like how I would describe it to people is like 
it's like watching videos of people swimming and you like study them and you watch them and you think like you know how to swim <laughs> and then someone just throws you in the middle of the ocean and then you're like no like this is like what swimming actually is so the embodiment of it was such a different feeling than the sort of like idea of of doing it and I think that was really important because um, we kind of figured out like what we liked as artists, like what felt, and also cause we were exposed to a ton, like the Edinburgh French festival, the entire town shuts down and everything like shops, like churches, everyone converts into theater spaces, live, yeah. live it's pretty like, incredible. performance spaces. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. So like you kind of are just like exposed to like so much different kinds of work from all over the world, like constantly every single day. Yeah. So, seeing work we loved and found inspiring and also work that we didn't like. Mm-hmm. And then like, that was really important for us too, to be able to articulate that and share that. Yeah. And it's like a space too where you could be like, Oh, I really love this show. I could reach out to that artistic director and like have coffee with them and they'll do that, which like would never happen in New York. Like that's like, that's not how it works. Like not, here. not as likely, not as likely. Yeah. I don't think that, I think you'd have to like spend some time yeah. like courting a person before they'd just be like, yeah, I'll grab coffee with this person. I don't know. Um, so that was really, that was really lovely. And so I think we kind of came back from that, um, and took some time and then, um, begin again, kind of, you know, with like these, these ideas that we were really interested in. So from that show, we are, we've created one full length, um, piece in the process that we're working in now. And then we're working on our second one or and technically it's our third show, but our, um, second piece, like with this process, which we haven't really discussed yet, but, mm-hmm. um, with the, pl- with working with a playwright. So a lot of our approach to making work because we are like, are interested in like using like the device generative sort of like toolkit Um, and we're also interested in like new play process that we've kind of like are working at the intersection of those two things Um, and so we what generally starts off as like Sam and I questioning things um, coming from a place of questioning curiosity about like a subject so our last piece we were really interested in this idea of like genius and sort of the cultural obsession with genius and this piece that we're working on now, which has the working title of Sex Play, um, we're exploring different kinds of questions around um, not only culturally, like questions around sexuality, but also like how it's um, handled in live performance, specifically theater. So we were kind of like coming from that place first. And then we reached out to playwrights that we are interested in working with and bring a playwright on board. And then we cast the show and make the um, develop the piece in collaboration with the performers. So they are like in direct conversation with the roles they will be playing. Um, right, and there to be clear, they're in the room before anything has been written down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everyone, I mean, in our last project, we also had designers in the room from yeah. day one, which was really amazing. Um, and we are still bringing design in, sort of part way through the process this time for the same reason so that everything is developing in conversation with one another and we're not just kind of like layering on design after everything has been established um but the you know there are so many reasons that it's become really important for our shows and our process and our company but also just like really delightful to have all the performers who are really like performer collaborators in the room from the beginning and part of that is you know we're not creating roles for people. Um, everyone is like an active participant in that process. And so while our playwright in residence now, um, Charlie Yvonne Simpson, who is sort of helping to like guide the ship forward, uh, 
she is writing for people in the room. It's ultimately through these series of conversations and improvisations and other exercises um, and like media we're sharing with each other as a company, you know. Uh, so everything is developing in tandem, most ideally. There's like a little bit of a feedback loop where we do some things in the room and then Charlie is the playwright, goes away and like, takes some time to herself and brings back pages and we talk about them and rework things in person. Um, but it's, it's also a chance for, I think, greater like diversity and representation and not in the way that is just checking off the boxes, right? Like, do we have all the people in the room who are like visibly representing the diversity of the culture that we're exploring? But it's also like, we're centering specific voices in the room very intentionally and also behind the scenes. It's not just the actors. It's like who we're bringing on for design, who our stage manager is, who's running the room. And all of that is super intentional so that we are uplifting the stories and the voices and the bodies of the people who are not always given the access to like the big institutions or who maybe are not always cast in these like very visible or like juicy roles. Um, or are not seen first, or they're only given roles who, uh, of, of like characters that have kind of historically been, uh, I don't know, marginalized themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a chance for people to be much more active in like creating the stories that they want to see on stage. Um, and it's something that for sex play specifically, we mm -hmm. spend a lot of time talking about, thinking about, being intentional about, because we're reacting, first of all, to the fact that a lot of the sex and sexuality we see represented in the media in general, but also, like Jenny said, very specifically in theater, often revolves around sexual violence, um, or there's like a kind of like an edgy BDSM aesthetic, right? That's meant to be like flashy and sexy and like, ooh, cool, look, we, you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're being edgy because we're. Uh, dressing all of our characters in leather and <laughs> whatever it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's often very shallow, very superficial. And so um, part of like thinking about who we're bringing in and what stories we're trying to tell is sort of like navigating. Obviously, we can't create a play that speaks to all experiences, right? right? Like no one play can do that. Um, so part of like our playwright's very unenviable job is to kind of take these like threads of conversation and inspiration and things that we're imagining uh, and find a world in which they can fit together as much as possible. But it's, it's partially saying like, well, why aren't we seeing more depictions of sexuality that are like joyful and celebratory and human and funny and awkward and, and all of these other things that feel so much more real um, or at least more complicated, more nuanced. And then, you know, there's room to talk about this like this sort of Me Too movement and these conversations that are so much more present now than they were even when we first started talking about this show. Um, but it, it's, it's like making space for both, right? And then also, like who are the people, what are the bodies and the like lived experiences that we don't often see in these stories on top of that? So it's, it's been a chance for us to kind of consume a lot of media and like process all of that and think about what we do often see and either what we like about that, what influences us sort of like consciously or subconsciously, what we're reacting against and, and try to make like a cohesive narrative out of all of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I think right now you're kind of, it's funny. I think we're like in the middle of all the different things, but like right now we're sort of at the end of 
the generative, like exploratory, like period for this piece specifically, and kind of beginning to enter into this like moment of like intersection between new play and device. So we're starting, starting to go into, once we have a script, it started becomes more of like a new play mm-hmm. process of development. Um, still very collaborative um, because it's like, will be redrafted and whatnot. And now the audience becomes a collaborator, I think in our process, a lot of times too, at this stage where we begin to do more um, like readings and workshops and places in which audiences can engage um, and it was interesting, I, like tangent off of that, I recently, um, have had the opportunity of, uh, seeing a, uh, old collaborative of mine's sort of, um, project that she's been developing over a couple of years. And I didn't, I never really had the opportunity to kind of like witness someone working over years on the same sort of piece. And I really appreciated that as an audience member, it kind of made me feel much more, um, like visible and presence and like the the development of something. Yeah. Like I could be like, oh, I, I talked about that with like her and then now like I'm seeing some of that happen. And I think that um, as a company, we're also really interested in like uh, the audience and how the audience is as collaborator um, and how we can kind of bring them into the conversation and also how this whole problem that we have in the theater around like a theater is only for like a very specific demographic and like how do you actually bring in different kinds of people. Um, and so we're kind of trying to handle that in a couple different ways, but one of them is just sort of like, yeah, trying to get audiences. Bring them in earlier. Bring them in really early and then like make them a part of the community and the conversation. Um, and I think we're playing around with some like new ideas this time about how to do that. But I think we're also always experimenting with like, uh, these ideas as like a small company, like we're not an institution we don't have the funding to kind of like be doing sort of like audience programming, but we can like on a sort of grassroots level be like bringing in different voices into the room throughout the process. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah. I was involved with a friend's play uh, over the last couple of years and he did one production out here and then he did another production in the city Um, and some of us were trying to tell him the importance of like workshopping it and Mm -hmm. doing that development stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I believed in the play and I still believe in it. Um, he wasn't unfortunately, I think able to hear at the time, like when people were telling him to workshop it some more, he was, I think hearing it, it was his baby. Mm -hmm. So he was hearing it like as like a criticism to the thing as opposed to, um, for a lot of reasons, it's like one, yeah, like things can always develop and like people work on, do work on some place for five, 10, sometimes 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one, like the amount of like development that can happen if you give it time, but two, like the very important thing of when you do workshops and when you do readings and when you do showings of it, like it, in different stages, you can get other people involved mm-hmm. um, and you don't know how they like how that works, but you have to kind of, you have to have those readings so that people are introduced to the play. And then mm-hmm. hopefully some of them stay with you on the process, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I also feel like that we're a company that's interested in like community building and mm-hmm. like um, thinking of audience as community member. 
so I know that I feel like we have come out of like uh, lineages in which that was like not the case, and it was very much kind of like you know fuck the audience. I don't know if I can cuss on like your yeah. podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just realized that I got to ask that question, which is fun. <laughs> Um, I feel like there is like, or, you know, destroy the audience or like all, all these kinds of like ideas around like how to engage with the audience. But I think like, especially for a play where we're like, okay, we're interested in exploring sexuality. Like ideally it, we're like thinking about how the audience is part of watching something like that. Um, yeah. for so many reasons too, yeah. right? It's like, we're invested in, in making a space that is accessible and welcoming and feels safe and consensual. But that also allows for like some discomfort in an artistic way, right? That we're we're still able to take risks, and ideally, where one reason that community feels really important to this particular project too, on top of all of the other things we just said, is that we're thinking about like what are the cultural conversations we're not having about sex and sexuality, or that we're doing a really poor job of handling and navigating, right? And I feel you know there's. There's a lot of that going on right now, and there always has been, frankly. But so we're really thinking about how we're bringing audiences into this process and this project. And um, I guess it's it's not just for our own sake. It's it's really because it feels really important and really meaningful to to find that middle ground and find those opportunities to have these conversations or like expand the conversations. So for this um, type of piece. For example, and I also want to talk about the one you did before. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have a time frame, like deadlines and stuff, mm-hmm. or um, so? How yeah. does that work? Yeah. Um, we we kind of have to create those for ourselves. We, yeah, I think we really like deadlines. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think not only for ourselves, but also for like the feeling of security for our collaborators. They're not just kind of like we're just out here doing right. something. Um, some of it, is, of course, like at the um, being like an emerging company, some of it just comes with like when we can book something. So um, for this piece specific, specifically, like we've been really interested in like occupying both non-traditional and traditional like performance spaces, um, partly so that we can continue to like push open the doors for different kinds of audience members. So we have um, a reading on August 16th. Okay, but I can't say where It's not yet. 100% <laughs> official, but it is scheduled tentatively <laughs> mostly for sure to be at a sex toy shop mm-hmm. in okay. Brooklyn uh, yes. which which is intentional and strategic yes, definitely and we'll announce which one when we get like <laughs> the lock in on that and then we'll be having our workshop um in October uh for three days the 26th 27th and 28th or something around there at Triskelion Arts as part of their a new program they're kind of putting together around uh, like experimental works. So that'll be kind of like our workshop. And then, I mean, there'll probably be things in between that, but our goal is to do the premiere of the show in spring of 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and so where are you guys kind of based? Um, and how do you find, how do you find, uh, cast members? How do you cast shows? Um, <laughs> You had a different playwright for the last one also. Like, so how do you find, like, how do you go about that process, mm-hmm. I guess? Yeah. Um, so we're based in Brooklyn, but we don't really have like a home, artistic home necessarily. Um, most of our, Sam and I are based in Brooklyn. So I feel like that's like where we're based. Yeah, often a lot of our collaborators uh-huh. are, but not necessarily. People right. are coming from Manhattan and Queens. And so um, everyone who does ultimately choose to be involved 
in the projects um, are sometimes willing to travel mm-hmm. to meet in the middle. But yeah. we, we, for the most part, are based in Brooklyn. Yeah, and then in terms of like how we find find uh, cast members, I think it's like... Uh, so basically, because we're casting before... Um, we're, we're using in terms of, I guess there's a couple questions in there. There's like, in terms of like how we do outreach, um, so a lot of it comes from just sort of like tapping into different like networks that we have. We're really intentional about like recognizing that certain people have access to different kinds of like, um, information. And so I know it's not just, we're trying to make sure that we're reaching out through like things like backstage or places like that, as well as like through social media, as well as through like um friends that we know have also like larger networks are really trying to like hit on as much um different points as possible and I'm sure we'll continue to get better at doing that um yeah but it's it's like increasingly clear that it's not just enough to post a casting notice and hope for the best like we we also have to do the work to reach out and I think some of the reason that we do auditions is we, some of what we learned from Edinburgh this is for me specifically it was that I wasn't really interested and having an acting company. Um, so every time that we do a show, we cast fresh. Um, although we have learned this time around that it is nice to have at least like one person that kind of moves from a previous experience with us so that they kind of have a vocabulary right. already. Um, and I think that it helps the culture evolve um, in a way that feels really organic. But um, we, you know, we have like a number in mind generally, um, and we cast with the playwright is in the room and we're looking for like a handful of things. So it's not just like, um, a typical audition where you're casting for a role. We're looking for someone who has an investment in the topic that we're thinking of, who can speak to that. Um, who has like a presence, like a, who's like charismatic and like we want to watch and work with. Um, so we like enjoy their talent that they're bringing and then someone who's collaborative. So like who can do that kind of work. So, and who's like excited by it because that's the most satisfying Mm -hmm. way to assemble a group. Like we're all genuinely so excited to be doing this and to be working together and are constantly inspired by one another in the room. Yes. So it's like having the the background um, or the ability to collaborate in the ways we're looking for, but also just like an expressed interest in it. Yeah. And so like for our last, this previous show, we did an audition where we just asked performers to bring in something that, well, sorry, for the first time we ever did auditions like this, we were like, okay, because we were interested in casting before we write the roles, we're also interested in like um, playing with that in auditions. So we asked for performers to bring in um, monologues, a monologue for either a role that they would never get cast as or a role that they just, like really love to do. And it was interesting, I was in, a, in an interview and someone made a joke to me about like, oh, well, do you feel like that those actors that um, like they didn't want to get cast in that role for a reason? And it was like a funny thing thing where I felt pressured to kind of be like, yeah, they weren't good at, but I was like, actually, no, I think it's just that those people aren't like allowed to like occupy some of those roles, like a man playing a woman's role, for example, or, um, a person of color playing like a white character, for example, like just, I feel like that's what we were kind of seeing more of versus like, um, someone bringing in a role that they weren't good at. Um, which was, it was like an interesting question or observation about that process. Um, and then, our first show that we did, we didn't have callbacks. Um, we just kind of like were 
intuitive or something that we put together a group that was like really oh, was like beautiful. A dream team. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the second time we decided that it would be a good idea to do that just to kind of like see collaboration and mm-hmm. action. So we had auditions and then we did a callback in which we had them like generate stuff and like do scenes and do improvs and talk and like sort of get a bigger, a better sense of all of, all of that. Um, and, but both ways have worked well for us. Yeah. And I, I guess, uh, this time the casting process felt a little more excruciating only in that there were so many incredible people that we saw and we, (laughs) the Jenny and I and Charlie just like went to some, I don't even remember where it was in a like Midtown Times Square area, this place that was open super late after callbacks. And we just like put all of the headshots out on the table and sat there and stared at them for like hours <laughs> and tried mixing and matching like endless combinations of performers. And, you know, what does it mean to put these bodies on stage in this show? And like, what are the stories that can come out of that? And uh, again, like there are so many versions of this show we could create. Um, we ultimately made the choice to assemble an initial team of performers that were either um, female or femme identified or non-binary or trans and that felt important to this project to start with those voices when thinking about sex and sexuality and how it's handled and which stories tend to be most visible and uh you know we're we're open as the play continues to develop to bringing in other people but we are starting from that place like pretty intentionally mm-hmm. and it's been a really wonderful process Yeah, and so much has come out of it already. Yeah. I feel like some of the conversations that we're having would not necessarily have been possible Yeah, with like men in the room or like straight men in the, or cis men in the room. And we actually had, we were like, well maybe we need like a, like a straight presenting like cis, like white dude, like to be in this play right now. But then we decided against that. But we reached out to some of the men who came in that we really loved and asked them if they would be okay, like be on standby. And they were all like really awesome about that. They're like, yeah, okay. Like I'll, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I know it might not be available by the time, but like I'm interested in sort of supporting in this kind of way. Yeah. So that was really cool to to have happen and have those conversations and figure out the language around how you ask someone to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because with the wanting to represent a more diverse thing, I'm sure you run into the thing like casting directors and people casting things run into this all the time. The thing of, yeah, you're fitting people together, but since this is a devised piece, it's a little bit more complicated because you don't know the roles offhand. Mm -mm. So you might have two people similar. Mm -hmm. And with this type of thing, it's like, is it okay to have, like, mm-hmm. I mean, sure it is, but it's like, yeah, the, the choice just mis- must have driven you crazy a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, Yeah, and I think, you know, the intention has also always been that, like, a lot of these people and these characters can be really fluid, and maybe an actor ends up playing, like, five different characters in the piece, and yeah. maybe that spans, you know, different gender identities and different types of sexuality, and so... We also had that in mind the whole time, but right, it does make a difference who you're looking at on stage and and whether or not you're doing that in a way that is meant to like challenge audience perception or play into them for a specific reason, it's it's still something to take into account. And so, yeah, you know, it it makes casting really difficult and, um, but also uh, like a creative challenge. Um, Yeah, yeah. and I think it also, and it's another thing that's important to talk about that I don't really feel like people talk about 
enough is like, you know, money in these kinds of situations because I think that was definitely we're really invested in paying all of our collaborators um, as much as we can. And uh, yeah, the amount of people we could have in the room was like dependent on right. that. Yeah, it definitely limits our cast size for sure. So how do you guys go about like securing funding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do you go <laughs> about securing funding? Well, I all, the, all the typical <laughs> ways, yeah. I, I will we're say, looking for a patron, just yeah. you know. <laughs> I will say, um, so let's talk about the first play or the mm-hmm. second play. Um, it was called False Stars, right? Yes. yes. I was uh, doing some research. Um, I liked what you did on Instagram. I kind of went back a little bit. I was like, okay, what are, you know, let me find out a little bit more. <laughs> and um, kind of like, well, one, it, it looked like a cool piece. Um, it was interesting because the set design, at least from some of the pictures I saw, looked like a traditional mm-hmm. um, American mm-hmm. family type play or something. Yeah. Um, and then definitely like a diverse cast. And then um, what you did with a lot of, like the ones that really got my attention was the introduction of the characters and this person's this. And there's the one guy, I don't know what his deal was, um, but he was a white dude, said businessman, and has a great, an impeccable collection of socks or something. Oh, that's interesting because he's white presenting because that's actually like Latinx. But like, See? Yeah, but it is interesting. This is a conversation that we have a lot where it's like, you know, uh, yeah, like what do you present as? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's, yeah. but again, like I think it's good the way you did that because also I saw there was a black dude um, and you did talk about his sexuality a little bit, but like didn't, you know what I mean? Like people do present how they present Mm -hmm. and then like in the play I'm sure had I seen that you're introduced to these people but I liked the Instagram stories because it kind of um drew me in because every one of them Mm -hmm. I definitely had my oh I bet or I wonder I'm Mm -hmm. guessing this but then what was said about them was something Mm -hmm. that like well no I wouldn't have thought that per se Mm -hmm. not surprised by it either but Mm -hmm. like um, and so when representing everybody, I think like what you were talking about, like stereotypes are often yeah. represented as opposed to, um, no matter what we are, as far as like our demographic, yeah, we're all different people within those demographics and those labels, you know, totally. we're, we're all completely different and have all different perspectives and stuff. So I thought the way you yeah. did that, um, was really good. So that's thank cool. you. Good that's, that's good to that know. Gives, yeah. <laughs> and it also brings up something for me, just as a director, both inside and outside of the company. Um, so I kind of like uh, the point of view that I take a lot when I'm approaching work is uh, f- uh, corporeal or like from the body, and sort of thinking about like the assumptions we place on bodies. Um, and I really love work in which they like we do set that up, and then we like subvert those expectations. Um, for the audience or like play around with those ideas, but also sort of like the kinds of lived experience that we carry in our bodies and what that looks like, um, as well as um, 
just like the body as like a place for metaphor or like meaning making is something that I as a director like that's sort of like how I like enter into into work so that's really useful actually for me thinking about like okay how we're promoting it do we want to promote things like that might people have an expectation for people who are part of that community that we could like fuck with or play around with um it's interesting to think about the ways in which you contextualize a show through like social media yeah. that we are, our generation is kind of like navigating. Um, and there's like the promotional way, but there's also this other layer that could be really interesting for like the handful of people like you that like sort of like were asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. So thank you for that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, uh-huh. and for that project, False Stars, which was our last show, um, we also definitely use that to our advantage. I mean, it, it was a show that was meant to initially at least investigate genius and like yeah. the, the myth of genius, right. That we create culturally. Uh, and so throughout the show, we were constantly and like in conversation and development thinking about, um, who gets to wear that label, like yeah. who, who historically has gotten to wear that label, um, what they look like, what communities they come from. Uh, and so there was a lot of kind of twisting and turning in within the play, where we're constantly being confronted, I think, as viewers uh, with like someone's social intelligence, emotional intelligence, academic intelligence, right? There's like these various levels that are kind of working together. And um, it, we got, so I'm gonna kind of like try to make a few different thoughts uh, cohere. One of the things that we have done often um, to, to create programming in conjunction with our shows uh, as like audience outreach and social practice is to host these very kind of transparent discussions with audiences after shows um, or after readings and workshops and allow for questions and reactions that feel very authentic and and kind of like dig into those. Um, and so we did that uh, a few times in the festival where we first premiered False Stars. And uh, we received the feedback from audience members multiple times that they found certain characters like somewhat unlikable or at moments really unlikable. And, um, and then there was something like really interesting once we kind of dug deeper into that in the ways in which people from different communities either like really strongly defended those characters or were able to empathize them, like empathize with them or humanize them in ways that like other audience members maybe didn't initially. And it opened this whole dialogue that became like really amazing and and useful for us as art makers and theater makers also to hear people saying, you know, like they're, okay. For example, (laughs) we, had one show and sort of post-show talk back in which I would say the audience was largely like younger, um, a lot of like queer identified folks in the room, a lot of people of color in the room, um, which kind of spoke to the performers and their networks from our show. And there was one like older white couple who was sitting in the front and one audience member um, who was like an, an older white man, uh, I assume cis, straight, he was there with his wife, um, but I'm making an assumption, was talking about how he didn't feel like he really saw himself represented on stage and um, kind of identified with the like one invisible character in the project um, who was sort of for our purposes in this like fantastical way meant to represent 
this like old idea of like the traditional genius and it was kind of like a southern gothic inspired piece so as you mentioned it had a very kind of like traditional house uh but like there were some supernatural elements Mm -hmm. kind of vibe and um it was really interesting that he identified with the like patriarch right who's like unseen but really strongly felt throughout the show and like some really traumatic ways by other characters um, but also we kind of had to take this comment to heart. Like, I don't see myself represented on stage in this story that you're telling. And I kind of wonder why, like, is this for me? Um, and then also kind of being like, well, no, it doesn't have to be for you. Like, yeah, there are so many things that are for you. Well, yeah. And, right. So like everything is for you. Yeah. So, so like. Because immediately <laughs> when you said that, I was like, was there then crosstalk with other people? Like, well, I've never welcome to. Yeah. yeah, there was. That was know? the thing. Was that like we had fostered this space and one of our collaborators on the project was the moderator. It wasn't Jenny or I, we were like on the panel on stage and, uh, and they were moderating this conversation so skillfully and other audience members, I think were actually like on their best behavior in a really yeah. diplomatic way, but also like, Hey, this is a teachable moment. And so yeah. the, we kind of just like sat back and let the audience members take it for yeah. a while. And they did, but it was a really cool moment of being like, okay, there's like multiple things happening here and no one is wrong necessarily. Like everyone's allowed to have their experience of what mm-hmm. they just watched and how it affected them. Um, but the like dialogue that resulted afterward was really cool mm-hmm. and really useful for us to be like, yeah, we cannot possibly speak to every experience, but like it is important to be intentional about which ones we are <laughs> speaking to and, and like noticing how they're translating or whether they're translating. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what the first question was that led to that story. I think it was funding. (laughs) (laughs) See how we just like navigated around that one. Yeah. You know, we we do a number of things that I think a lot of younger artists are doing, and and like mid-career artists are doing too. We fundraise, yeah, crowdfund Mm -hmm. when we have to, which is you know it's happened multiple times. we have gotten some grants. Our project right now is being supported by a Brooklyn Arts Council grant mm-hmm. for its first phase of development, which means we get to pay all of our artists. And that's, yeah. as Jenny mentioned before, hugely important to us. And equity is really important. Um, and in terms of like how we sustain that, you know, we're also trying to figure that out still. Yeah, I think that we like look for loopholes and relationships that can like push us forward. So like our last play the playwright Norristan and Casey, which we, we were both like three named like playwrights, playwrights yeah. that use their middle names. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was an MFA candidate at Columbia at the time. So we were just able to get free rehearsal space and for our workshop where we really use the Shapiro Theater and have access to their costumes and their props and their lighting board and the sound. So like that's so luxurious. That was very like yeah. helpful. Um like to have that resource. And yeah. then we chose to do a festival partially because um, I think some of the biggest expenses that happen with theater are space. So like renting out a theater space for a week or more yep. is like where most of your expenses end up going. So we wanted to kind of like not do that. Um, <laughs> and this festival seemed to be in line with our value system. What was the festival? The Corkscrew Theater Festival, which is going to be going up for their second. We were part of their inaugural season, mm-hmm. but um, this will be their second season. It's happening in August. Um, and what was really great for us with that too, in terms of like thinking about it from a PR perspective, was it was the inaugural season and the they weren't having the fringe that summer for the first time oh, in yeah, like that's right. of the decades, right? Mm-hmm. So we were like also thinking, I mean, I think it's like you have to, it's like, what I think is for me and I feel like for Sam as well, it's like 
I really enjoy the problem solving and like strategizing. And so there's like some of these kinds of things of like, how can I work the system for, for myself? Like, so, and for like other people that are involved. So like all of these sort of things were part of like how we really made that show a reality. Um, and for this piece, we're like coming up with different, we have different problems to solve this time around. So like there's kind of like we've been, and the nice thing about it this time too is we've been more transparent and, and intentional in bringing our collaborators into these kinds of conversations. So it's not just Sam and I like doing all this like right, we're strategizing not just behind the decisions the, for everyone. Like strategizing behind the scenes. Like, you know, like it's now like, okay, cool. We're going to um, enlist like your like ideas, your brains and like your networks to sort of like make some of this happened this time because we don't have uh, a university that we can like, you know, leech off of this time. So, um, not leech off of, they were like very supportive. But, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I know what you mean though. Let's edit that out. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just so it was very supportive. But um, yeah, so this time I think we're still, and some of it is this game of like, we just make work and then we figure it out. Yeah. Like, we're not <laughs> waiting for someone to be like, yes, now you can do it. And I feel like that is the artistic spirit and like, I think, um, how you make stuff happen. Yeah. I think that's one of the, I mean, for everything like that yeah. I can think of one of the hardest things for a lot of people is starting Yep. and, yeah. and then like, just keep going. Like mm-hmm. there's always, if you stay in like the problem solving mindset, like just keep, keep yeah. going. Like, you know, it's true. Cause like mm-hmm. so much of our ethos has just been, we'll just do it. We're just going to find a way to make it happen. Yeah. And we do ultimately. And then I think, you know, there'll be things that'll come up that like opportunities that'll come up. That'll be like something, you know, some other, you know, other programs or people with some mm-hmm. five year plan that oh, you yeah. can like get involved with. Right. And then it kind of helps. And your that's what we're looking plan, for. You know, like I think that I don't, th- I mean, theater in, in its nature is, like, collaborative in spirit. Yeah. And um, I think that's something we're trying to really, like, embody, like, as a company. Like, cool. Like, and how can we... And, like, kind of pushing back against this idea of, like, a, of scarcity around, like, resources and funding. So I think that's what's really killing the arts scene in New York right now is everyone's so feeling so, like, protective of, like, their relationships and their, like, funding. Um, and really, if we were just to relax on that and, like, really kind of be, like, more like creating this sort of like barter systems or systems in which we're able to like um, support people in different kinds of ways that they need. Cause I mean, you don't need all of the things that come with right. the thing that you get. Right? Yeah. Maybe someone else might need that one thing that you're not really going to use. Like yeah. that would be really great if we could create like those kinds of systems. Um, I think it's just kind of, I don't foresee it happening anytime soon, but like, it's like, but we're definitely looking for trying to build relationships with like not only institutions, but also other companies to kind of like support each other in the process of making work. Cause the reality is we don't have a whole lot of institutional support and Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's been really useful for us and important for us to be transparent about that too, both with our collaborators and just with like other peers in the community. Um, and it's, you know, we're, we're constantly kind of doing the dance of like, critiquing institutions but also having to rely on them sometimes so it's you know it's like that funny thing of writing a grant application and being like we don't believe in any of these systems and they are inherently oppressive but also we kind of have to like find ways to work within them uh so you know it's a little bit of both it's like finding alternate ways to like to get around the thing that we're not actually getting access to or like are finding really challenging um and then also when we do form relationships, trying to be 
really intentional. I'm using that word a lot. I'm realizing today. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the word of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, being intentional about cultivating those relationships in like a really authentic way. And, uh, so much of what we have been doing for the past several years is, um, like amassing a network of people who are just like great people, great collaborators, exciting artists in their form or medium. Um, often it means like a lot of cross-disciplinary collaboration in ways that, you know, maybe traditional theater processes like don't always get to explore. Um, but because we're not an acting company, we just kind of have this like revolving group of collaborators and makers Um who are always doing cool things and it's it's a chance for us to like keep people around and like support each other's work and yeah you know f- like find opportunities to be working together even if it doesn't look like you know an actor we have a relationship with doing three projects in a row with us right you know it's it's like they're still kind of in our orbit Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's like fostering those relationships and connections that ultimately most often lead to those opportunities down the line um and like when we have the opportunity to provide space or amplify someone else's work we're so excited to do it yeah i think that's kind of like part of the exchange right it's like we promote people's work and they promote and there's like yeah. that network like you cross need to do promotion that. yeah right. but it's like really genuine it's, yeah. it's happening because Absolutely. we believe in them and their talent and their work ethic and it's like a joy to be able yeah. to say this person is so rad and they're doing really cool stuff and you all should go see it, you know? I feel like um, a lot of things in general, like I think the theater world, like the art world in New York, but in general, like in the U.S. specifically, a lot of things are kind of coming to a head right now Mm -hmm. um, for different reasons. Um, Some people are breaking things seemingly intentionally, but, um, but I also think there are a lot of institutions that are kind of institutions and kind of like patterns that society has had for years, decades that are kind of coming to a head, kind of like old machines breaking down. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of it's messy, some of it's ugly, some, a lot of it's painful, but, um, but I also think, um, I'm starting to see kind of new things and new, ways kind of emerging and some of it i think is like you know social media good and bad like the always on the phone bad but like the connection Mm -hmm. and thinking about like crowdfunding and cross promotion i think like people now if they're like waking up to it are starting to see maybe there's a different way to like create and like build things and of course you're still you have your goals um but as opposed to the old way of like no, I need to build up my company, mm-hmm. like everybody else's competition. It's like in the art world, and even as like an actor, everybody else is not competition. No, like as not. an actor, you have nothing to do with whether you get cast or not. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can have a bad day and somebody else have a good day. But if two actors both do good auditions, it's not that the other actor was like against you. You know, it's just, it's just for the play for whatever reasons you don't know, mm-hmm. like for the like shape of the cast or whatever, you know, and one actor is chosen and another's not, but it doesn't make that actor your enemy all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to like unlearn that, like yeah. reframe that for yeah. yourself as an artist. And I think <laughs> even like, um, even like colleges, a lot of times like art school, even sometimes foster 
I, you know, and I, I'm not saying no competition. I'm not saying that there I shouldn't think be competition any competition. Like, in a healthy way can be yeah. great. It's, I definitely think it like fires me to be like, oh, people are like making work all the time. I need to also be making work all the time. But it's more of like a a fire that I'm building yeah. I myself rather than like really trying to get away from like the green eyed monster kind of like right. viewpoint to, cause it's like ultimately like Sam and I are, are ourselves and like no one else is like Sam and I. So exactly. It's like, so like no one else can really do what we're doing. So I don't need to worry about like them stealing something. It's yeah. like, I'm really just like learning from your process, maybe like learning things you're doing well and things you're like struggling with and like taking that information. And ideally there's like that kind of yeah. cross pollination as well happening. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's tricky because I think that because you spoke about a really specific example, which is casting, which the politics of casting is something that is problematic on a lot of levels. And, and I think it's like, ideally, yes, like this idea, but also for certain marginalized groups, like it does kind of feel like you need to be the only, like you're like, I am the one, like. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, cause like for me personally with that, like realizing like I'm mixed, I'm definitely black, but I'm also like, but I was in like a, I was in a workshop the other, like one of those, mm-hmm. again, one of those things I don't, <laughs> one of those necessary things, but, um, I was in this thing and there was like another black actor yeah. and he was black and, and Latinx. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about how he's like, he was like way darker than me. But he was saying how he he gets the roles, like a lot of times, like if it's like in the traditional thing, he gets called into audition for roles that are black, mm-hmm. but he's not really like, he's black, but he's not doesn't as far as from a casting perspective, they want him to act more black or yeah. whatever. Right. And like then the for me, it's mm-hmm. like I'm lighter skinned. so sometimes like I definitely can read for like Latinx roles yeah. too, um, but. It's like also for black roles, a lot of times I don't look black, like for somebody else. But then it's, yeah. but it's like, but with that, it's like, okay, that's fine. Um, but like for me and what I'm trying to do now, just in general as an artist, is like more collaborative. Um, and when with thinking about it like that, there's like theater companies that you can get, you just get involved with. Mm-hmm. Like Shelter was one for me. Yeah, the Shelter's um, great. Yeah. And, but just like, and through that, like, it's like, I'm meeting Rachel from the artist co-op. We're sitting here having a conversation. It's sort of like, if you start to think in a more collaborative mm-hmm. thing, a lot of opportunities and people come into your path, you know, cause you're not looking at everybody else as competition, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's less like, I don't know what the answer is there, but you know. Yeah, I think it's like cause there's something kind of transactional about auditioning for like a thing. Yeah. Like, um, like a job or like a whatever. But I feel like collaboration is like inherently like humanizes and sort of like complicates like things. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I know you on a human level, or like, I know like your talents on like that human level, I'm gonna have a different. I'm gonna have like a range of ideas around like what maybe roles that you would be great for. But if I just like see you in one minute do a monologue like it's like a different relationship i actually have a lot of issues with like the audition and like yeah. system yeah like that system like it's like you know which is like as a director i'm always like interested in having conversations with people in addition to like seeing them do their like contrasting monologues yeah um <laughs> well and also yeah. right because like and if you're going to go deeper into it like who's sitting at the table exactly who are the artistic directors exactly. who's making the decisions right, right? like it, it does become so political and it's 
it's like so much bigger than just who's in the room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and to the point where like, if you know, like in an audition, if you know, you don't know who's behind the table or who's making mm-hmm. what decisions to understand, like maybe somebody's there who is somebody who like might have an idea, but also like loves the, loves the thing. And maybe you have the thing that they're look like that they actually do want. Yeah. Um, or no. maybe it's somebody's assistant and they said, Hey, I'm looking for this thing. And you don't look like that thing. You don't have control right. over that. So once you know that you like you kind of surrender the control, just do your thing. And like, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. And, and there are people who are working in these more traditional systems who are like lovely people and very well intentioned oh, and, yeah. and are like thinking about these things too, very consciously. And there are examples of really bad collaboration, right? Like ineffective, doesn't feel good, um, sort of like virtue signaling, but not actually treating each other as humans, right? Like that happens too. So I think, you know, the process itself isn't everything, but it definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about and reflecting on the kind of, because I think the term collaborative, depending on who you're talking to or like what company you're talking to means like different kinds of things in terms of hierarchy, in terms of like, um, just like value systems and like ways of working. But I think what's, I think what makes our company unique is that Sam and I both come not only from like community organizing backgrounds, activist backgrounds, but also like have worked in school systems, have worked behind bars, like have done like these sort of different, like very varied ways of collaborating with different kinds of like non-performers in addition to performers, but are also constantly in conversation with like systems that are in place and like how those systems are functioning and like, do we like them? Like, how do you, how do you work in within those systems? And so I think that like, um, some of that work has like really, um, informed like how we're setting up like value systems around collaboration and how we're having conversations around um how we want to treat each other down to like really specific kinds of like uh means like we uh recently have been like playing with uh uh and we haven't had a chance to sort of like follow up this conversation with our performers and playwright but we like really just spent some time breaking down like how to performer to performer how do you want to treat each other like director to performer, performer to director, like how do you, how do you want that relationship to look like and work like? like and we actually like wrote, yeah. wrote these down on pieces of paper yeah. and, and like took several days to just have conversations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think that I can assume like this is how you'd like to be treated, but if you tell me and then we get into a conflict later, and this is also our conflict resolution backgrounds too, where it's like, then I'm going to be like, remember that thing we talked about? So maybe that didn't work, but it's like a place, a non-emotional place of creating contracts and like agreements with people so that whenever you are in like an emotional space because it is emotional when you're making work and you do get tired and like you're not always your best self in those moments having some of those like frameworks I think are extremely important having really healthy collaboration and so something that I'm interested in like um hearing about from other uh, groups that are collaborating on like how they're going about navigating that um you know, because I don't necessarily think it is just the director or the artistic director's jobs to like in place, like put top down kind of like value systems onto people. Um, but like, yeah, I think there's different ways in which you can go about doing it successfully. And like that, this these kinds of ideas are coming directly out of just like having worked in communities and like these are things that we see whenever you're doing like, you know, like theater, like 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, like theater and practice or like, or working in community with like arts or like working with like school systems as like more administrative like roles or like all the different kinds of ways in which you're communicating. So that's been an interesting sort of like thing that I wasn't even aware that we were doing until like recently I was like, Oh, like this makes sense that we're operating this way because we're bringing this whole other landscape into like a artistic world and not like vice versa. Um, so yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Nice. Um, so where's the best place for people to find, find y'all? Mm-hmm. We are on all the social medias. It's um, true. We are not always the most active depending on what's going on, but we are. So, um, on Instagram and Twitter, we are at the pack theater. Uh, we have a Facebook page also. I believe it's facebook.com slash the pack theater. I think so. Um, and just so that people know, there is also a comedy, uh, like a theater out in LA. Or, yeah, it's called the pack theater. Yeah, there's a comedy venue in LA <laughs> called but the pack our, theater. I think our Facebook is the one that comes up. <laughs> but nice. our website is yeah. thepacktheater.com mm-hmm. and also all of our socials are there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's. You know, it sh- it should be pretty immediately clear yeah. whether you're looking at a, an, a Los Angeles-based comedy venue exactly. or like an experimental theater company in New York. <laughs> but some people get them mixed up. It's uh, it's a it's more the LA people <laughs> yeah. being like we get, we're excited about your comedy show. And we're like we don't know what you're talking about. We get yeah. tagged in their stuff a lot by accident, which yeah. is great. Um, but yeah, we are on social media in all the usual places and. Um, we will continue to post everywhere when we do have upcoming readings and events and things like that. And possibly bit... the first one you said for this next one, possibly August 16th. It's definitely August 16th. Okay. It's just, we can't really know. Yeah. Location. Right. Pending well, depending on when I release this, it'll be before then I'm sure. Cool. Um, and I'll give an update on that. Probably awesome. they would have already gotten an update before I'm saying this now in the intro. Mm-hmm. Great. And yeah. Great. Um, cool. Um, I, one other kind of odd question. Um, so you two, two women, um, co-founded and run the pack. Do you call it a women's theater company or is it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like what, how do you, not that you have to define it like that, just a question on yeah, we identify as a female-led collective, exactly. um, but it does not mean that our performers or collaborators are limited to female-identifying folks. No. Um, so yeah, that, that's just sort of acknowledging the two of us yeah. and our yeah. identities as artistic directors. Um, but yeah, the collective is very much like fluid and, and spans like a spectrum of gender identity and sexuality. Yeah. And I think those new ones, like the me clarifying that like that type of thing is important like mm-hmm. you know what I mean for like nuances of of how you <laughs> represent people like yeah you know yeah and I think that like uh and this is like a longer conversation probably but I think that because we're like female-led that's our way of working does feel more like feminist like mm-hmm. in the sense of challenging sort of like these systems and ways of working um which is i don't think that everyone identifies as feminist or like identifies with those politics but like i think that that right. has definitely like sort of like um new like immersed itself sort of like in some of the 
the structures of plays like our plays don't have protagonists it's like more um ensemble ensemble focus so we're thinking of multiple perspectives in a story versus like a hero's journey which i think definitely comes out of like a feminist sort of like vocabulary of challenging that um and then uh yeah just like i feel like that's like the main one that i feel like in terms of like structure yeah definitely looks somewhat different than like your typical and i and yeah and just like to to clarify that that has more to do with I think our feminism yes. than the fact that we identify as women. True. Because we've also exactly. both been parts of theater projects with that were like female led that were still very problematic or right. like mm-hmm. somewhat toxic or yeah. you know there's like internalized yes. misogyny yeah, and all these things. So yeah, just to point to that fact, yes. it's, it's like both, and it's um, something that we're like constantly thinking about, and also finding ways to make sure that that is intersectional as well, mm-hmm. yes. because we are also two Definitely. white women, and that's important to note too. Yes, exactly. So like, yeah, we want to make sure that we're also working with like people who are not necessarily white women. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think also to another like lineage that um, is in relation to like this idea of like uh, a female-led company is like we're definitely in conversation with like um, performance art like lineages like social practice lineages which I feel like are very much involved in those kinds of political like movements and scenes and ways that bodies are represented on stage ways in which that um, like communal sort of like um, artistic practice and things like that that we're interested in as a company that I think it's also important to recognize that we're part of like a history of like people making work and we did not just pop out of nowhere. Right. Right. We're not you know? inventing the wheel. It's, uh-uh. We're very much looking to and acknowledging the, the artists and the like yes. communities that have done this long before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we have like are standing on the shoulders of. Nice. So mm-hmm. I know the sex play, the playwright, she's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, not that this matters, but like who, what, who was the writer of the first play, of uh, the my first one? I mean, false stars, false, false stars. Yeah, the previous show. yeah. Um, Nora Sternick Casey, who is a white woman. Mm-hmm. Cool. Not that. Yes. N- not. Not. No, I think it's like. But I just think uh, we are transparent about all of that. So, mm-hmm. so would you, um, would you work like would you ever work with a male writer? I guess. I think, I, I think it just I think it just like in the way in which like we kind of laid out our process not, yeah. like you know what I mean where it's kind of like it begins from a place of questioning and if we were like we're, we were questioning like something that we felt like and also it comes from like um, like talking to the playwrights and reading their work so it's really less about for me at least like gender and, and like sexuality because I feel like you know um like different kinds of men present different ways and are treated treated based on like how they present in the world and so some men who are straight men like are treated as though they're like gay or trans men and they're not so they like are navigating different kinds of like spaces as well so I think it's really more about like what kind of writer are you yeah and like are do we vibe like you know and also like do you are you interested in like these questions are you like deeply thinking about these questions as well um I wouldn't just like choose a playwright who hits some like markers because um, I would, if they're not like sharing my value right. system, if they're not like interested in these questions, you know, if their writing did not speak to us. I definitely yeah. think it's, um, it makes sense starting with all women for mm-hmm. the sex play yeah. just cause of, I know how the room can change, you know, and if you do bring in guys, I know it can also then be a very interesting, beautiful thing, but I do know also how 
sometimes if not the yeah like i guess for lack of a better term but like the wrong person comes in it cannot be good and i guess so maybe if you do like maybe bring the people like oh yeah maybe try people well, Might yeah, be a good way if you do. Yeah, we've had to we've be learned. really, yeah. really <laughs> thoughtful about how we integrate people. Yeah, yeah. especially that's in this been process, a whole thing, which yeah. is like so um, intimate and mm-hmm. vulnerable and like consent based, and yeah. we have this vocabulary now as people and as collaborators and as performers on this project. Yes, um, but we also have like to be clear, we have. Um, trans masculine and trans feminine folks yes. on the project. So not yes. everyone identifies as a cis woman. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we have talked as a group multiple times yeah. about how we bring either like visiting artists or collaborators in or yeah. potentially additional cast members. And also you don't have to either. Like, right. you know. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's up yeah. to the group, I think, ultimately. Yeah. And like what serves the piece the best. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, and as Jenny was saying, you know, maybe down the line we do a project that's investigating like masculinity specifically. And so then it's, it's also a question of like, from whose perspective are we writing and, and storytelling? Yeah. And um, I think that while we don't have any rules about who we are bringing on as our playwright in residence, just like we don't have any rules about the actors we're assembling or the designers we're assembling to work on a project. Um, we are also always thinking about like who has gotten to occupy those roles. Yeah. Yes. Most often, most visibly. And like, when we are choosing to subvert that. Yeah. So that's, that's something that we are always taking to in, into account. Yeah. 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 And I think something that, um, kind of like, uh, speaking to some ideas that we're playing around with too, in terms of like who gets to be in the spaces that we're making. Um, and like this idea of like problem solving again around like money and like that, and that, and wanting to like open the space and the doors open to more people um, within like our means, um, we're, and we're kind of like, I think dealing with that in a, both in an aesthetic way and in a process way, but, um, aesthetically, like we're also as a company trying to get clear and define like what, if you come to see a pack show, like what are things that you should expect to see mm-hmm. the protect or feel. or feel and like the ensemble thing is definitely one of them that has become clear to us and something that, you know, as a director that's interested in like bodies and as like a company that's like interested in sort of like equity, like, you know, bringing in having sort of like large and this idea of like social practice and performance art, like having like large amounts of people on stage that maybe are not performers or maybe that like our performers are like, um, as a, also a way to kind of engage different kinds of audiences. Cause like the best way to get an audience member in the room is if they know someone in the show. And if like we're creating like huge social events on stage, like that's something that we're really interested in, in terms of, like an aesthetic and as like a visual representation of like what we're about as a company. Um, and then also like, uh, in terms of the dramaturgy and like the voices in the room and like making the process, we're also for this piece and hopefully moving forward doing like conversation series where, um, we're not in a rehearsal space. We're in like someone's apartment and we're like bringing different people and voices in the room, which we would love to have your voice like in a room at sometimes when we're doing like a conversation series to like talk about some of this stuff. So maybe that's where men can come into the conversation and like those in yeah. those spaces. Yeah. We're, I guess we'll be on our social media, um, releasing more information about when those are happening, Yeah, but it's meant to be a much more informal yes. kind of social gathering. There'll be food and all that. And we're just going to be talking about like sexuality and like dating in contemporary <laughs> yeah. culture. Right. And, and people's thoughts on that. Um, and I guess I would also offer, you know, no matter when this is released to anyone listening to this show, if you have like 
a specific project or an event you do or anything that's related to mm-hmm. sex and sexuality, even like dating, yeah. um, please reach out to us because we're constantly interested in having these conversations and thinking about like what we're speaking to with this show. Um, and then on top of that, just, yeah, expanding the community around this project and like what kinds of conversations are we having on stage yeah. and off stage and um, who's part of them and you know, because we also are Brooklyn based, it's, it's really exciting when we get to engage with other people who are in our neighborhoods and in our peer groups and outside our peer groups Mm -hmm. and, um, just like get together and talk about sex. Yeah. I also think it's like, you know, um, important too, that you don't make work in a bubble. And I think that's something that I've experienced a lot in like the quote unquote, like downtown, like experimental scene where it feels like they're just in a bubble making work for each other and it's not in conversation with this like larger place like this like like there's tons of conversations going on about all the topics that are happening like in theater so how do we expand our um what the context that we're making work within yeah something that I'm that we're like interested in too and so that's like another way of like doing that lots of ideas (laughs) lots of big ideas yeah (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about? Can we, well, I'm well. I'm curious, like, uh, uh, and maybe this is like a conversation we can have later too. Well, I don't know. First, I was like, well, maybe we could ask you questions about <laughs> like the topic of the play. But like, I was <laughs> not prepared to do that, so maybe that's like not the best place to go without like preparation. Um, and like setting up boundaries and like, <laughs> yeah, creating consensual I'm, space. Yeah. <laughs> I am very interested in, uh, in saying this. So definitely keep me posted and I definitely, um, would love to be involved in some of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you guys want to come back and have another conversation on here, we can do that again. Great. Um, cool. Down the line. Um, awesome. Cool. Any yeah. final thoughts? No, I mean, I guess I, I would just want to get across that like we are especially interested in opening up the process and like I love talking to and hearing from other creators um, across disciplines and so like something that I think is so great about this podcast is the opportunity to hear from creators and artists mm-hmm. um, and, and like their own insights into their process and how they do what they do. And we're kind of all also facing the reality of, of making work in New York city, um, trying to right and, and doing it despite maybe not having all the answers at various points. So, uh, we're really interested in exchange and conversation. And I, I think, you know, that's, that's kind of like the last thing I would offer is that, um, where we're always open to having more of those and that can be like intimate kind of personal conversations like artist to artist about what we're working on what we're doing um and it also can look like really like large public forums and things so mm-hmm. um yeah yeah we're just accessible we just want to <laughs> we want to be accessible you can also reach us at the pack theater at gmail.com too <laughs> if you have any thoughts yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. cool well, thank you very much, Jenny and Sam. Um, yeah, stay around and hang after also if you're down. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk to you about some things maybe 
off, off the of air. Yep. Cool. Great. So, cool. Thank okay. you. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Jenny Reed and Samantha Shepard from The Pack. Uh, I really enjoyed meeting them and talking with them. And I will keep you posted on everything happening with Sex Play and The Pack in general. And I'll also have the links to their Instagram and their website on the show notes for this episode, which you can find on BushwickVarietyShow.com, as well as all the show notes for all of the episodes. Uh... Please subscribe, share, rate, review. Uh, Please, you know, get at me, give me feedback, whatever. And keep doing your thing and meeting new people, venturing out into the world, collaborating with people, and pursuing your art and your dreams. I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. Take care. Peace. Jeffrey.